Hello and welcome back to the Motorsport Better podcast. I'm your host DD and joining me today once again is my friend and your co-host Vedant. On this episode we'll be talking about the F1 weekend in Monza. So let's grab some chai, take our seats, read your opinions and dive right into the conversation. Uh I mean Max Verstappen did what he does best and that is win. And now there are uh articles not about how or if or when Ferrari could challenge for the championship but about how soon uh Max Verstappen can wrap up this championship which is literally in Singapore in a couple of weeks time uh if Charles Leclerc DNFs and that is making me think why am i even bothering with attending <laughs> the US Grand Prix in Austin Texas later this year uh why 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 <laughs> well there we will have a great experience from what i can like that's the only thing i can give you to give you an assurance of sort we are talking about great experience you know <laughs> the recent race experiences from what people have told and said and talked about have not been great either so yeah that's true. really why am i going there <laughs> <laughs> yeah enjoy texas three days in three like, days in the grueling heat of <laughs> texas <laughs> to watch a championship that is already over, over. <laughs> but again i think you know uh, from a championship point of view like like we said you know last last year we enjoyed the championship a lot so i think i'll be able to enjoy this race a lot because i will not be praying for ferrari to win because i will absolutely not give a damn about what is happening <laughs> like the results on track i'll just enjoy the racing there uh, yeah. however much i can see but um yeah let's let's talk about the weekend in monza and i think the biggest story obviously coming out of monza is not max verstappen not even ferrari for some reason but nick devries nick devries scoring points on his uh debut in f1 he was so tired that he couldn't even get out of his car uh had to had one of his uh, pit crew you know help him mechanics help him out to get out of the car that is how tired he was but and 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 you know to to take that further it seems uh Jose Capito in his in his comments has said that they have extended an offer to Nick DeVries and it's just up to him to accept the offer you know from what i've seen on social media so clearly clearly we're going to see Nick DeVries in F1 next year uh and that i mean obviously like given the caliber like the kind of driver he is uh i won't be surprised if he finds a seat at someone somewhere like haas or even like you know aston martin which is relatively a better team to be at compared to yep. williams uh from a uh from a points perspective but we are going to see him in the f1 paddock most likely in 2023 thoughts yeah absolutely i think see before nick devries had that had his debut in monza sure he was a formula 2 champion and sure he was a, a formula e champion but you can't ever judge a person on how he would drive the formula 1 car before he drives the formula 1 car the same happened with uh jo guan yu no one was expecting him to perform so good right and he scored the the team's first points since the canadian gp in monza but i think the same the similar thing happened with nick devries everyone knew that he was a great driver in terms of the complete motorsport package 
but formula one is a different series than he is used to he's only done testing in formula one and first weekend coming in at such a short notice was would have been tricky he had two things to boost his uh, like his performance firstly williams are the rocket machine this season with a very low down force setup generally so monza was their strongest circuit and nick made his debut at monza so that helped him uh, in some ways and obviously he had some testing with williams prior and even with aston martin this weekend so that also would have helped him but nonetheless his performance in monza on its own was incredible and i'm like no one no one is surprised that teams are looking teams are now looking at him for the 2023 option yeah i mean yeah you talked about you know um nick devries and drew a parallel uh, with him and well wow, i'm already forgetting jo- but what i'm trying to say yeah uh, joguanio uh, but the same could be said of his teammate in formula e ex teammate in formula e stoffel vandoorne you know uh, gp2 champion yeah. did not do well in formula 1 but he's also a formula e champion so you know you, you just never know when it's going to click uh but talking about nick de vries sad to see alex alban miss out on what could have been a great points opportunity for him uh but hopefully you know uh he's recovering well and uh, hopefully we'll see him in singapore in a couple weeks time uh back in the williams seat but yeah i mean it it was great he just stuck with the stuck with the midfield uh, you know drs train and uh thankfully you know it 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 did, it did finish under safety car so he didn't have to fight too hard to keep his places now talking about the biggest issue coming out of monza besides <laughs> you know the biggest win being nick de vries why are people outraged with how the race ended you couldn't have, you couldn't have asked for a more in my opinion at least like an ending that followed the rules exactly and appropriately yes they could have thrown the red flag and you know done all of that but again that would have required some degree of rule bending or you know some sort of that because none of the barriers were uh, damaged there wasn't a car on track or you know a vehicle on track and uh, it did not call for a red flag according to the rules yeah but it's 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 is a do damn if you don't damn if you do sort of situation right and uh, no matter what the fia does uh, people will be outraged and yes it, it it's not the best way to finish a race it's not the most exciting way to finish a race but it is probably the fairest way to finish the race <laughs> given how much of a lead max was stappen had on uh, and yes yes but you know what the difference is we actually have a stewardship panel where the rules were followed and uh, you only have you can only be thankful uh, about it at least in my opinion what are your thoughts vedant yeah i mean absolutely it was ridiculous the comments that were coming out from the fans after the race surely had it not been for Uh, Abu Dhabi 2021 it would have been a different scenario it would have been a different environment in the fandom per se but these things are like that happened right Abu Dhabi 2021 happened and it's in the past people are just bringing bringing it up once again for no reason whatsoever and i don't i just don't get it i mean it's it's yeah it, it's it's just sad that we are still arguing on these sort of silly things as such 
and but of course it was the fairest way and it was the best way to do best thing to do for, from an FIA and from a sporting perspective yeah and uh, i think i think the teams came out and said you know uh, that they did have a chance or like one of the team principal said that they did have they did have a chance to amend the rules to you know do basically what people are calling for whereas make a rule that will allow uh, the FIA or like the stewards to stop the race if only a certain number of laps are left and if there's an accident on track and you know the safety car needs to come out and that sort of stuff uh, but again the teams won't agree on it and it is only now some, for some reason that people are realizing that it is if it is not safety related if it's if it is like a sporting regulation and uh, another technical regulation the teams can vote on it isn't and it is in the team's hands to you know really drive that regulation or stop it <clears throat> from being uh, from being passed or, and accepted and that has been the case always and now people are asking oh why do f1 teams have so much power <laughs> the f1 teams have so much power because they fought for it before they signed the yeah. concord agreement let's let, let's put it this way even before that f1 teams had power but only a couple teams had power ferrari mercedes red bull and the likes the teams that were winning the championships so yeah and that that is how the sport is why is not a question anymore it's all about what can we do about it and you know move forward and it seems unlikely that you know the red flag rule will come into play um and and the, i think all the teams will want would rather have you know the race end under safety car than otherwise regardless of what their emotion you know what they said uh, after the race based yeah. on the results that they got i know you know like uh, gunther steiner was not happy about it um and and there were a couple other teams yeah, like that the the conversation around that red flag regulation about of you know have throwing a red flag in the last 5 laps of of the race only comes about and uh, when there is a situation where like some it benefits someone and it uh, you know put someone on a back foot and if and here is hypothetical if the same things happen next week but the positions are switched you would see the same people now defend the FIA and you know people will turn sides basically and yeah it would it's 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 a situation to situation thing this one it's exactly. a waste of my exactly. time is what it is <laughs> But uh, talking about things that FIA are doing, uh, Stefano Domenicali came out and said he wants to give out points for free practice sessions. Consider reverse grids. What is happening in uh, in his funny little uh, brain? Uh, I mean, I am all for reverse grids for sprint races. You know, I mean, I've, I've come out and said do a reverse grid. Don't don't decide the grid using it for Sunday and give out points for positions made up uh, during the sprint race. You know. Uh, and in 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 that fashion uh, we have talked about it we you know uh, previously but <laughs> he might be taking it a little too far i mean yes we want f1 to experiment but we don't want yeah, it to absolutely. be mario kart I, mean, Stefano... I i don't know I, i don't know if it's orders from the liberty board to make it whatever like to to grab more eyeballs on friday you know The, the the only the only reason sprint races yeah. were introduced was to grab more eyeballs on saturdays right so they all they want well grab 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 more eyeballs across the the three days because yeah. then qualifying so, was pushed to uh, so the only reason these things are being thought about is to grab more eyeballs across the three days and get more revenue across the three days basically so 
but from a fan perspective a, a fan see the majority of the formula 1 fans are not at the race tracks they are at home right and making a friday competitive will not help us because we'll be at work we'll be at uh, we'll be at school and we won't be able to watch all that and we'll miss out on competitive action per se that's that's my uh, school of thought and sat right qualifying is on saturday it is interesting to for everyone and everyone can watch it the race is on sunday everyone can watch it but making friday's competitive is ridiculous I mean, I it's it's about the bottom line at the end of the day, right? Uh, making Friday competitive means more eyeballs even yeah. on TV, regardless of what is happening. Usually, uh, even if you're at office, you know people will switch it on and leave yeah. it there, especially <laughs> with people working from home. Yeah. And the ads can run on TV uh, nonstop, um, even even on Fridays. Um, but yeah, I mean, let let's see what they come up with. You know, let let's see what what are the suggestions that come through because again. if the teams don't vote uh, you know uh, yeah, vote for it it's not going to happen so let's not let's not get all worked up and upset about uh, what stefan yeah, i mean Stephane i, I don't think i don't see about, the teams you know. voting for it because having more competitive action will require will force the teams to ask for more leniency in the cost cap and then it starts the whole uh, you know more engine parts and more gearbox parts and all that nonsense i mean Honestly, they should probably give out more yeah, engine and yeah, engine true. parts anyway, given true. how many penalties we are seeing this season. But I I understand the sense of what you're saying. Yeah, I I I think someone commented after that uh, was like, why don't you just have them pick out their starting positions, uh, <laughs> you know, by picking out straws from a hat? And I'm like, have you not seen Formula E? <laughs> that is basically what they do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> It's not even a question of happened. if it happens. It's like it has happened before. It's a question of when it happens. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, um, quite hilarious. Uh, one disappointment for you though, uh, Vidan, this weekend, uh, Fernando Fernando Alonso DNF'd, I believe, and not just that, Alpine were off the pace uh, in what is a very straight sort yeah, of I circuit. Yeah, I mean, uh, Esteban Ocon had a great penalty. so he started way down and that i mean i mean he couldn't make up places unfortunately for whatever reason i i couldn't watch the race properly because i was commuting towards delhi that time but uh fernando alonso even he like he qualified into the top 10 but he didn't he did not put a lap in q3 he just sat there because of all the penalties he started p6 but he did not put a competitive lap in q3 so i don't know what happened there the alpines have clearly had greater you know straight line speed as you said throughout the season so i was really hoping to see that translate into a great result at monza but two like zero points across the weekend so it it's it's really disappointing to see that and especially you know alonso dnfing is just sad for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah definitely definitely i th- i think i want to talk about uh, someone else who started from the back and that is carlos sainz uh 
and it, it it does seem that you know the pressure is off a little bit and he's come a little a long way from you know compared to where he started if you remember back in australia he got flus- frustrated he tried to make you know some um, erratic moves and was out even before the first lap was finished whereas this time a lot more calculated but again a really good performance to come through the field what i was disappointed in though was the ferrari strategy a little bit uh because i thought i thought because the hard tire again was not really working this weekend i thought uh you know given given that the ferrari has decent speed that they would still want to challenge for the podium and you know carlos would have started on the softs and gone on to the mediums instead of uh really losing a lot of time on his mediums uh through his first stint you know towards towards the end of his first stint uh, and that was really um weird to say because i really thought you know carlos had the pace if he had started on the soft to challenge uh George for that third place finish and uh, have both ferraris on the yeah, podium yeah i mean absolutely i think the see starting from the back and running running long has been has long been the philosophy of formula 1 over the past right in the even in the past uh, tire regulations but yeah absolutely they could have tried something different this time out especially given the a uh, difference they have across like the offset they have from the di- other teams uh where he where carlos started but yeah it it's it wasn't meant to be i think surely had it not been for the safety car carlos may have caught uh, uh, george up and may like he was gaining at a pace of a second or something a lap so that could have been possible but then again you know nothing yeah nothing yeah whatever yeah yeah let but but not 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 a terrible weekend we from Ferrari in terms of yeah. you know um <laughs> strategic calls yeah strategic calls at least uh, what what they did with leclerc was uh, you know i i don't think any call yeah, they would have made would have stopped but leclerc... from winning given the pace he had ஒரு yeah i mean uh, charles finished first in austria last and that was it and then he's been on the podium once since in yeah. five races and that was at you know zandvoort and he finished third but yeah, let's let's go back to alpine a little bit so obviously you know alpine lost fernando alonso they lost oscar piastri uh, and now they have esteban ocon as a lead driver now alpine is on a 100 race plan this is the first season of that 100 race plan by the end of the 100 race plan they plan on uh being able to challenge for the title if not win it but they want to keep a young driver in development in f2 or in another team at the moment and have another experienced driver who can score points straight away in the team right now how does that make sense i mean see the 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 fernando alonso story was something like that you know they kept oscar piastri in the wings and fernando was there for them for scoring points but that's a different story because fernando alonso is fernando alonso 
and you know if you get in someone like someone from the midfield midfield like Pierre Gasly but e- even then how does how does that really you know suit your long term plan well because you would rather have success and develop someone within your team who, who can work best with your team than you know have them in f2 or I mean I think the, or with another team I would imagine. and I think this goes true for every team right they every team wants an experienced sort of driver to guide development per se yeah that's what I think Alpine well, have Esteban is ignored there. Esteban in terms of that that development side of a driver right and I think I think that's the story of Esteban Ocon throughout the throughout his career I, basically he has been sort of ignored and it has been a meme as well but apart from that apart from that I think I'll if Esteban Ocon has to be the lead driver because he will be from next season onwards I think they need to trust in him they need to use him properly right and they can't just wing it that okay Esteban is not that experienced and we need someone else experienced and whatever yeah i i don't know if if that is a, if you know having a push for an experienced driver straight away is just to meet like the board expectations in terms of like you know finishing uh finishing in the points like you know fourth or fifth or whatever uh, if it's just to me because technically you know like Honestly, like it is the car yeah, that is lacking performance in the, at the moment more than the drivers, right? So they need to have a much faster car in order to challenge for the championship uh, compared to having better drivers in the seat right away. Plus, uh, the lower you finish in the championship, the more development time you get. So, but I mean, I... it's 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 I, it, I mean, I'm I'm sure there is some reasoning, there is some method to this madness, but. Uh, sitting from my couch. Yeah, I mean, I, see, if you think about it, if you have a junior it. driver in your driver development program and your testing program per se, you can use, you can develop that driver's uh, feedback skills while your experienced driver is scoring points. And then if you promote that junior driver to your main seat, that driver will score points and give you sufficient feedback. If you promote, if you promote, say Jack Duhan, straight away to Formula One next season, he won't be able to provide you enough feedback to guide development. I think that is the basic approach of what Alpine are looking at, and which is which is fair to be honest, which is fair to be honest. But I mean, I think I, if I, it works, then great. If it doesn't work, then obviously they were in the wrong. And hindsight. I mean, they use they use the example of you know George Russell, and they said you know I'd rather have Oscar Piastri, <laughs> whoever, break a front wing at Williams uh, than at Alpine, and and I was like, is that really the main like for me? It's just that you know they lost Oscar Piastri yeah. because they couldn't give him a competitive situation, right? And Oscar Piastri clearly deserved more. The only reason, and and they forget this, right? Alpine are not where Mercedes were. You know, George yeah. Russell could make that sacrifice or could could convince himself. To make that sacrifice because he knew what he was getting, you know, at the end of the line. He knew what he was... And he got impatient after the second year. Let's not forget that. Let's not forget that George Russell got impatient at the end of his second year. Um, and, you know, and clearly being at Alpine and getting an Alpine drive after two years was not enough of a... Was not good enough of a deal 
for um, an F2 champion yeah. I mean, might I also be Astro, which I can given understand him from a his deal perspective. For this for 2023, uh, uh, iron deal with no Fernando Alonso involved whatsoever. I think Oscar Piastri would have stayed at Alpine because it was only one season out, uh, one season in the wings. And as I said, he developed his feedback skills. He developed his, you know, relationship with the team. And then he steps into the Formula One car. He can perform straight away. He can give feedback straight away. But a second season on the wings or a second or a debut season in a Williams, a back of the grid car, was not meant for our, our Oscar Piastri. And I think it, I don't know, it, it may have been a case of who's more ambitious, you know, Alpine or Oscar Piastri. I believe Oscar Piastri, at the end of the day, Oscar Piastri was more ambitious because he forced a move to McLaren, who he, who he thought can compete with Alpine and give him a better opportunity for whatever reason. But yeah, maybe Alpine were not motivated enough. I mean, yeah. I mean, long term, that is probably the best decision he could have made. Uh, yes, yes, Zach Brown is looking at other options, but as long as he can, you know, give Lando either beat Lando or you know just do what Sergio Perez is doing and just be there. Yes, uh, to support him, I think he's doing his job, and you know Zach Brown will have no reason to look, look, you know, at other drivers outside of uh, of what he has right now. So yeah, I mean, it, it's just a weird one again. Um, interesting to see where Mick Schumacher will end up. Uh, you know, still waiting on all of that. Um, and and yeah. see, apparently the, Nico Hulkenberg no is that. like there you know no back in the conversation, which is another weird one for me. Uh, I don't really understand it. Uh, yeah, I think there's a lot more talent out there, uh, a lot more fresher, newer talent out there that can, you know, possibly do better in F1 um, and be more exciting for everyone. Uh, really. Well, nothing uh, but yeah, more, anything else that you uh, want to talk about, Vidan, before yeah, we wrap up this podcast? That's about it. We have had a great season, like not great, but uh, an interesting season so far. Max Verstappen may well wrap up the championship in the next two races your visit to Kota may well be useless. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully, 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 uh, Singapore and... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it is still it is still useless, you know, regardless yeah. of what happens. I mean, yeah, Max Verstappen is not losing the championship. Regardless of what happens over the next Leclerc four Leclerc and Ferrari let's, let's and, you know, Carlos Sainz can put up a fight and make it entertaining in Singapore. Yeah, that would be. Hopefully, that would be great. hopefully we get a double Ferrari podium. Yeah, double podium, podium can in be Kota. Worked upon. Come on, Ferrari are not gonna win. <laughs> Ferrari are not gonna win. <laughs> but yeah, so let's see. Well, thank you, Vidan, for joining me once again. And as always, we'll catch you on the next one.